the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, a little Chuck Berry here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And uh, I wanted to remi- remind you that on this day, in 1969, this TV program debuted on CBS. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. All right. I just want to start off the show reminding you what uh, Christmas was all about. Debuted back on this day in 1965. Uh, First special uh, about peanuts. All right, the comic strip from... uh, 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 Charles Schultz, and uh, they thought it was going to be an abysmal failure, and they still play it. All right, they still play it. People watch it when it comes on television all the time. They love it absolutely. What was it about? Do you remember what it was all about? Do you remember the Christmas tree that Charlie Brown bought? It looked like a twig, and Charlie Brown was just totally depressed, uh, despite the onset of the cheerful holiday season. And uh, Lucy suggests 
He directs a neighborhood Christmas play, but his best efforts are ignored and mocked by his peers when he chooses a real but puny Christmas tree as the centerpiece. And then Linus shows up at the very end to tell Charlie Brown, remember what the real Christmas was all about, Charlie Brown. And it's become a classic. All right, joining us today on uh, the show, of course, Robert Steinbach is here, law professor, Bowen School of Law, practicing attorney here in Arkansas. He's here with us on the Dave Ellswick Show. And also joining us today is Chris Corbett from over in Conway. And uh, we're glad that he's here. He's a practicing attorney in Arkansas as well. And uh, uh, see, uh, by the way, everybody knows that Robert is Jewish, right? I guess everybody understands that. I've, I've, I've mentioned it many, many times. And by saying that, what's it, you, you come to my studio right now, and to my left, sitting right here on the uh, table in front of me, is a uh, classic Hanukkah menorah and a dreidel uh, and the candles, because next week we're going to talk about Hanukkah here on the show and uh, how important that is to folks of the Jewish faith. And Robert's not going to get all upset that I started to show off by playing uh, something from the New Testament about what Christmas is all about, dealing with Jesus Christ. See, that's what's great about this show. We can talk about everything. Can't we, Robert? I've got a column coming out, Dave. As you know, I'm a weekly columnist in the Democrat Gazette. Mm -hmm. And I've got a column coming out that about these diversity, equity, and inclusion slides that people are inculcated with in higher education. And uh, one of them actually is not as bad as most. And it says, you don't always have to correct everybody uh, and get all angry. Uh, But if someone wishes you a Merry Christmas, you can tell them that you don't celebrate Christmas. And my response is, why? They're not wishing you a Merry Christmas because you celebrate Christmas, albeit you might, they're wishing you a Merry Christmas because they're Christian and they're celebrating Christmas and welcoming you into their celebration. This is what I don't understand. If I, if you sneeze and I say, God bless you, you say, I don't believe in God. I'm an atheist. No. Like, I don't understand why everybody has to lecture. It's not everybody, by the way. You know, it's the people, it's kind of these lefty atheist types. And God bless them, no irony intended, uh, for believing what they believe, or I should say not believing what they don't believe. Uh, but irrespective, they always seem to want to, quote, educate you. When you're wishing them good wishes about your holiday celebration, you know, could you? I go over to Chris's house on Christmas, and his family wishes me a Merry Christmas. They also happen to wish me a Happy Hanukkah, but that's besides the point. They wish me a Merry Christmas. I don't know. I don't celebrate Christmas. Well, guess what? I'm over their house celebrating the holiday with them. So it's just too much with people going out, and it's this kind of odd virtue signaling. You know, I can't stand leftist virtue signaling, but it's kind of... 
virtue that the leftists are signaling is that they don't believe in mainstream religion. Oh, you know, they, everybody can wish everybody else a happy Kwanzaa. But when it comes to mainstream Christianity, and as you pointed out, I ain't a Christian. For some reason, it's offensive if you as a Christian are uh, polite enough, are welcoming enough to say to somebody else, Merry Christmas. This is not the day, these are not the days of the Inquisition. You're not trying to convert anybody. You're just wishing them Merry Christmas. So with all that said, you know what I have to say to you, Dave? Merry Christmas. And I appreciate that, <laughs> Robert. You and I have been friends for a long time. Oh, yeah. And because we respect each other's opinions and beliefs, and, 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 and that's where it all sits at. Hello, Chris. He's here. Chris Corbett is here as well. He's been sitting in the background being nice and quiet and, and behaving himself. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing fantastic, Dave, and I love Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, everybody likes it. You know, they thought it, Coca-Cola got behind it, and they they were afraid when they saw exactly what Schultz wanted to do. They thought, number one, that, that uh, program is a comedy, basically, because it's a Peanuts gang. And guess what it didn't have? Other TV programs at that time, everybody had this, and in fact, it's still around. Do you know what it was? What? The laugh track. Oh, nice, yes. There was no laugh track on Charlie Brown's Christmas, and they, th- and they thought that it was going to fail miserably. Not only that, they didn't, they didn't have traditional Christmas carols or anything in it. It was a jazz track that they played in the background of it. Well, I'm I'm still scarred by um, Charlie never getting to be able to kick the football because Lucy <laughs> keeps jerking her away. Yeah, she <laughs> she's not the nicest person away. I'm, I think I think she grew up and changed her name to Nancy Pelosi. Oh man, that's I like what that. I think. That's what I think happened. But anyway, the doctor is in. Uh, Lucy is here, and Schroeder and the whole group. And I just wanted to take a few moments to remember a Charlie Brown Christmas that debuted today in 1965. Uh, It happened. Uh, I got another thing historically that I'll remember a little later on in the program that uh, will bring back bad memories to many of us uh, here in, in America. Well... Let's see. What do I want to talk about first today? There's so many things out there to talk about. Let's talk about something local first, because I spent a good portion of yesterday's show in my last hour when I had Jimmy Corvin on, and we were talking about the superintendent at Conway Schools saying that... uh, now, the written policy, the written memo that was put out was that after three days, all of their emails on their accounts should be deleted. And we were talking about that and how that was a way to try to uh, circumvent uh, the uh, FOI that's out there. Uh, because, look, if you, if, and, and it was funny because when the school board members joined us on the air, called in, was listening and called in. 
and uh, said, look, all I did from what I understood and that I was told, we took our our emails that we had, and if we didn't want to just get rid of them, we put them in a file over here. And then, uh, you know, Jimmy spent some time explaining to everybody how that would allow you to circumvent uh, the Freedom of Information Act, because if they asked, do you have any emails, you could say, no, you have a file that has some stuff in it, uh, but you don't have a, a, a had the emails that you posted. So uh, we went over that, and uh, the school board member understood what we were what we were saying and is uh, uh, going to bring this up to the superintendent. And uh, she's looking, as I believe a lot of people now uh, over there dealing with this, are looking to change uh, the way that this uh, uh, memo was worded so that it it doesn't cause uh, the uh, confusion that's been caused on this. And I understand that uh, you've been involved in keeping an eye on this, too, Robert. Is that correct? Indeed. Uh, last week's column in the Democrat Gazette, my last week's column in the Democrat Gazette, speaks exactly about this issue. And there are sort of two issues. <clears throat> One is that the Conway School Board got it right. Uh, that is, they are finally standing up to leftists in education and they have come up with policies on bathroom usage on what we do when we send kids on overnight trips uh and they have said no just say no baby they have said no uh to diversity equity and inclusions uh favorite child and of course that is this uh, critical race theory So they've developed some really common sense policies, conservative policies. They said, guess what? Uh, If you go into a bathroom, uh, which is the part of a building, as you know, Dave, and as Chris, as a master plumber, knows this, uh, is where all the plumbing is. Uh, Your plumbing, when you walk in, has got to match the plumbing inside the room. All right? Uh, And then if you're going on an overnight trip, uh, we only put... Uh, like plumbing individuals in common beds. Uh, could you imagine uh, putting a 16-year-old girl with a, a 16-year-old biological man who identifies as a woman in the same bed? Uh, I want to know what administrator is going to be responsible if that girl winds up pregnant. Uh, and uh, uh, because that uh, 16-year-old boy's uh, uh, reproductive organs Uh, don't necessarily know uh, that he identifies uh, as a woman uh, and uh, you don't know what's going to happen there and I ain't putting my daughter in that situation. And finally they said no to critical race theory. So I complimented them highly uh, for their good conservative common sense policies. But then I did bring up, as you point out, this seeming change on how long to maintain email records and certain other transparency-related issues. And I said, well, they got that wrong, uh, and they need to fix it. Uh, One of the things they were were doing were, uh, in two meetings, they didn't have any public comments. 
Uh, and I said, no, that's not good. It's not a good look for an elected board to tell the electors, meaning the, the people, uh, you don't get a voice. Even if you, even if they're the bunch of crazy lefties that show up, they still get a voice. Right. And so I said, um, and, and if you shut down debate like you have in the past, guess what? I'm still here in the Democrat Gazette, and you're going to hear Rob Steinbach telling you you're wrong. So hopefully they're going to fix that part. Well, I've got my fingers crossed on this. I, you know, I heard what the school board member said. I mean, she made the statement and uh, was very clear about it. I asked questions, and this is what I was told. And uh, Jimmy and I, of course, pointed out, but that's not what the memo says. The memo is what everybody's seeing, and they're figuring out that you all are going to do what the memo says that came from the superintendent. He needs to change that memo and clarify what he said so everybody understands. It doesn't mean that uh, you get rid of uh, uh, emails that are three days old that, uh, you know, here's what we're really saying. So let's see if they follow it up and that becomes uh, a part of the end of what this story should be. Because if they don't end it here, it's going to, you know, people like Jimmy and myself and you and, and Joey McCutcheon and a lot of other people are going to say this has to be changed because it's in direct, uh, you know, it's, it's in a, a direct attack on uh, the Freedom of Information Act. You're telling people you can go store this stuff in files and things of that nature off the record. That is, you're trying to run around uh, the Freedom of Information Act. That's what you're trying to do. And uh, I hope that the superintendent is smarter than to want to get into that kind of a, of a deal. All right, let's uh, take a quick break. We're going to come back. We've got a lot of news stories to cover today. We'll talk about Brittany Griner. That, uh, it irritates me, not that she's back and free on American soil, but who they traded her for and who they left behind. I'm not happy with any of that, so we're going to talk about that here uh, today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Pat Davis, of course, he's got the, the health care team, your health plan man. They stand ready to talk to you, to work with you, uh, to be able to give you a health plan, ma- uh, plan that is built, a health plan that's built to uh, be important to you, custom built just for you. They talk to you about what you want. And they make sure that's what is incorporated. Uh, it's a private health plan that does things like pays you to go to the doctor. Now, typically, if they didn't use all the money that the plan has uh, to send you to, to, to meet with the doctor or be in the hospital or whatever, that money would be shared probably uh, with the insurance company and even with the, uh, the the hospital, not so with these plans. With uh, with, with Pat Davis, uh, your health plan man, that money ends up in your pocketbook again for you to use it in things perhaps unrelated to medical costs. So what you need to do is call or text them at five zero one six zero five sixty nine thirty five. 
It's 501-605-6935 and get the long in 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 the uh, skinny on this so that you understand exactly how this works and that you too can have one of these policies from Pat Davis that hundreds of people already have that are saving thousands of dollars a year and that money is going in their bank account not into the hands of middlemen that are taking you for granted Uh, call that number Text that number or go to yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Robert Steinbach is here as uh, well as Chris Corbett. And uh, I wanted to get to this story about Griner uh, with you uh, here on the, the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, first thing I, I did want to mention, there's something else that uh, you should be reminded of. Uh, that happened uh, during this time uh, of just just a few years ago, not that long ago. Uh, it it even it even uh, had things to do with uh, uh, folks from uh, Little Rock, and uh, I'm sure you watched uh, Black Hawk Down, and I'm going to talk about that here just in a moment because we're getting close to the news at the bottom of the hour. I don't have time uh, to get into it all. I can let you know that uh, just a few years ago, Mogadishu happened uh, in Somalia. And I want to remember those those brave servicemen who uh, did what everybody, uh, you know, told them to do and threw them into harm's way and they should have never been thrown into harm's way the way they were it it just it shouldn't have happened that movie is pretty clear about how how big of a cluster that really was and that uh, people didn't know what they were doing they didn't have the kind of intelligence that they needed on the ground Uh, one of my the most clarifying moments in that that movie that, that they talk about in the book, because I read the book, is this. Everybody had a cell phone. The terrorists had cell phones. And it shows those helicopters coming and flying into Somalia, into Mogadishu. And you can see them holding their phones up and yelling down the line, the Americans are coming. They knew where they were going. They knew when they were arriving. They knew... Uh, everything they needed to know to be able to launch uh, an offensive against our our, uh, men and women over there. And we were just trying to help everybody. All we were trying to do was break uh, the the stranglehold that the, uh, the warlord had over there over the food that the U.N. was trying to pass out. That's why we were there. And it ended up being something so much more. We'll talk about it as we go along through the morning. Right now, though, we're going to get the news on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so I want to be real clear here so that everybody doesn't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that Black Hawk Down happened this day uh, back in in 1993. Uh, That is not true. It happened in October of 93. It was on this day. In 1992, that 1,800 United States Marines arrived in Mogadishu, Somalia, to spearhead a multinational force aimed at restoring some order in the conflict-ridden country. 
just to uh, give you a little history, uh, you had centuries of colonial rule by countries like Portugal, Britain, Italy. Um, Mogadishu became the capital of an independent Somalia in the 1960s. Then less than 10 years later, a military group led by Major General Mohamed Barre seized power and declared Somalia a socialist state. A drought in the mid-70s combined with an unsuccessful rebellion by ethnic Somalis in a neighboring province of uh, Ethiopia uh, was uh, you know, mounted to deprive many of food and shelter. By 81, close to 2 million of the country's inhabitants were homeless. And through a peace accord that was signed with uh, Ethiopia in 88, fighting increased. Notice that's a peace accord. Uh, the fighting increased uh, because of it, and uh, there was increased rivalry uh, be- between clans within Somalia. And in January of 91, uh, the man who had kind of call- called himself king uh, was forced <coughs> to flee in the capital. And over the next 23 months, Somalia's civil war had killed some 50,000 people. Another 300,000 died of starvation. The United States peacekeeping forces struggled in vain to restore order and provide the relief necessary. And in early December 92, outgoing U.S. President George H.W. Bush sent a contingent of Marines to Mogadishu as part of a mission dubbed Operation Restore hope, and it did anything but that. Sometimes the government gets involved in things they just should stay out of. It was a terrible situation, and we didn't make it better. Let's just put it that way. We really tried, but we didn't make it make it better. Uh, backed by the U.S. troops, international workers were soon able to restore some food distribution and other humanitarian operations. Sporadic violence continued, including the murder of 24 U.N. soldiers for Pakistan in 93. And as a result, the U.N. authorized the arrest of General Mohammed uh, Farah Adid. And uh, that's when... Everything went sideways. But uh, it was today that uh, U.S. troops showed up in uh, Mogadishu. All right, so let's talk about Brittany Griner, guys. She's back in America now. She uh, arrived in uh, San Antonio uh, and early this morning. Uh, she's been taken to a hospital. She's going to be checked out to make sure that she's all right and that she, uh, you know, nothing bad during her 10 months incarcerated over in uh, Russia happened. And uh, there's a, there's a, some questions that are going on here because she was traded. She was traded for Victor Bout, who is known as the Merchant of Death. He, uh, have you seen that movie with Nicolas Cage, uh, Chris, or, or uh, Robert? Yeah, Lord, mm-hmm. Lord of War. That's right. That's who it's about. That's 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 who they're basing uh, the movie on, and that Cage is playing. And uh, when he was busted, uh, he was busted uh, on a sting operation, and he was selling millions of dollars of illicit arms. Millions. I'm not talking just some guns and some ammo. I remember uh, 
that they talked about there was a million rounds of ammunition included in this order, plus Stinger missiles and all kinds of stuff, which was being sold to a um, a group uh, over in Colombia. Uh, FARC, you all remember FARC. Uh, mm-hmm, sure. Okay, and uh, all of that stuff was to be used to kill Americans. Well, we traded a, a WNBA player uh, for for this guy. He went back to Russia. Uh, I guess we had already done our our interrogation of him and figured we got everything out of him that we needed to get out of him. And uh, they've given him back now to the Soviets. What What's going to happen to him? I don't know. I don't care. I hope that he doesn't get him back into business again because now we'll have to go out and, again, search him down and, and, uh, and find him and take him into custody or do a little wet work and, and get rid of him. But the bottom, bottom line is uh, this was a high price uh, for Brittany Griner, a person – and I know a lot of people not going to like what I say, who was anti-American before she was taken by the Russians. I want to hear what she has to say now that her country uh, gave up such a huge price to get her freedom and left the United States Marine behind, who has been said uh, by the Russians as a spy, and we all know that it's a lie. But they left him behind. Uh, Tom Cotton had this to say. Our senator said that, uh, well, he said uh, he predicted uh, yesterday that leftist president Joe Biden's decision to trade in prison basketball uh, player Brittany Griner for notorious Russian arms dealer Victor Bout, known as the Merchant of Death, quote, would result in people dying as rogue states interpreted the move as open season to arrest Americans. Now, just just your thought about all of this. I mean, I understand we should never leave an American over in a Russian prison or, or in any prison for that matter. But still, this is an awful, awful high cost. I'm not sure I agree with your first statement, Dave, I'm not sure we should never leave an American in a Russian prison. If an American goes to Russia and murders someone, let him be thrown in the Russian prison. So, you know, we have to sort of separate whether the person committed a crime uh, at all, whether that crime would be a crime in America, because if it wouldn't be, we're at least more hesitant to punish someone for something we don't think is criminal activity. Now, I don't know all the details of the Griner affair, but in fact, I was talking with Chris just yesterday about it, and he said, well, she had some sort of vaping device that had uh, residue of THC, of marijuana on it, and they prohibit uh, marijuana. Well, and of course, we have done that for years, and at the federal level, it's still illegal. So if that is correct, then she committed a crime. So I'm already a little less sympathetic. Now, do I think we should punish people with 10 years hard labor uh, for having marijuana? No, I don't. Uh, but that is 
different than going to a foreign country that has a different set of rules and they're not hidden or secret and then you break the law and then you get punished for it. Uh-huh. Uh, so, no, I wouldn't throw her in jail for 10 years and if we can get her out of jail uh, for such a draconian punishment, uh, that's okay, but at what price? And of course, the conservatives have ap- aptly pointed out, well, whatever that price is, why was that price paid for her yet not paid for the military guy. So it's just another example of weak behavior by the Biden administration. And listen, I don't need to be articulating this because enough people like Tom Cotton and other folks who are at the highest levels who are doing this on a day-to-day basis have already pointed pointed this out. But it's just every time you look at what the Biden administration does, you think to yourself and you say out loud, wow, that's just an incredibly mediocre performance, isn't it? Yeah, I, I agree. Chris, your your thoughts, anything else you want to add to this? Yeah, Griner, I, I just want to know if she's got a newfound appreciation for freedom. I wonder if she's going to still badmouth uh, the United States. Um, yeah, she she should have come off that plane and and did like a lot of those guys that were in the Hanoi Hilton over in Vietnam, and yeah. uh, and get on their knee, got on their knees and kissed the ground of the United States. Right on. I mean, I, I agree with that. And freedom of speech; those things really ring true, man. When something like this happens, and that this this Russian labor camp over there is apparently no joke. Like, people die in there just trying to survive. Not enough food. You do wrong or you smack off to someone and they stick you outside in the cold. I've read a bunch of stories about it. Who knows if they're true, but it ain't like a prison in in America. No, it it used to not be called a prison. It used to be called a gulag. Exactly. And if you've read anything by uh, Solzhenitsyn, and for our our millennials, I know that you know he was around you know more than ten years ago, and you don't think that's any history. But the bottom line: yeah. re- read some of the things that Solzhenitsyn had to say about the gulags over in the Soviet Union. Yeah, I I think just in negotiations, if you just boil it down to like, you know, we're going to do an exchange here. Um, in my humble opinion. The U.S., we got screwed on this deal. We got a major arms dealer uh, turned over for uh, an NBA player. Wait, yeah. what? Really? Um, this this Victor Bout guy was peddling death for sure. I mean, he's bullets, airplanes, uh, air, all kinds of weapons. Everything. And, and, Everything. Yeah. Who negotiated this deal? <laughs> Biden. I'd love to be at this negotiation table. Surely there was some. Um, I, the only thing I read is they wouldn't going to do a two for one. Well, why not? An international arms dealer? He's worth two or three. Come yeah. on. Well, the Biden administration wanted beyond all things to have a photo op. Well, they got it. What price yeah. did you pay uh, to get it?
All right, got to get our next break in. Let's do that. I got a little bit behind in the early going of the show, so I'm making up time right now. Let's take our break, and then we'll come back, and uh, we'll finish our first hour. We got a lot of things to talk about, guys. We haven't even t- we haven't scratched all the surface. We haven't even gotten to Twitter yet, and that is a huge oh, story. The second dump has happened, and, oh, man, it it is a real dump, let me just tell you. All right, Billy Mack wants you to realize that I ICU protection can help you protect your home, help you protect your business. They do it for, uh, you know, Nuke One. They can do it for you. They can get you the door and the window sensors. They can get you the cameras for inside your house, outside your house, the motion detectors, all of that, so that you can go to bed at night and set the alarm and uh, sleep knowing that no one's getting into your house without you knowing about it or no one is breaking into your business without you knowing about it and uh, whenever you're not around uh, they're watching your property and taking good care of it talk to billy mack about this uh the uh, hard uh, the hardware that they're going to use to get you your sensors and get you your uh cameras uh is going to come to you free it's going to become your property and uh, all you're going to have to do is pay the service charge every month, which you would have to do with whomever you go do business with. And their service charge is much higher than what uh, ICU protection uh, will do for you. I can tell you I've been on now with them for six months, and they've been fantastic. Every time something triggers those cameras that are around my house, I get a picture on my smartphone. I see what it is. I know what it is. And I know whether I want to, uh, you know, take care of it or if we need to get the authorities involved in it. Talk to Billy Mack. Let him show you how they are better than their competition. 501-205-1333. That's 501-205-1333. Number I called. Talk to Billy Mack or one of his representatives at ICU protection all right i'm going to hold twitter until we get back in the the next hour because there's a lot to talk about there i mean a lot uh something else that there's uh, to talk about today is uh, fox news reporting president biden's administration is furious that congress is poised to uh, remove the military's universal vaccine mandate which is a major concession to Republicans on Capitol Hill. Uh, Biden and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, have, uh, you know, not been happy. They've been pushing Congress to keep the vaccine mandate and uh, as a non-negotiable. But Republicans appear to have successfully now negotiated an end to the policy in exchange for passing the military's budget proposal, according to the Washington Post. Uh, Biden officials argue ending the mandate will cost lives, while Republicans say they are standing up for individual autonomy. Now, it's going to be very interesting to see if this goes further to saying that the the military members who have been told that they're being riffed out of the military and can't be part of the military because they haven't taken the jab, if that's going to stop 
and whether all of those military members are going to get back pay. There's a lot there. I talked with uh, Congressman Westerman and Congressman Hill on Wednesday about this. And the best that they could say is that that still is pretty murky right now and nothing has come out that's uh, clear about it. But it's a it's a good first step as far as I can see. Uh, Chris, what do you think about this one? Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. Tell me, lay it on again. I was noticing that a, we had a Democratic senator, senator out of Arizona. She's leaving the Republican Party. Yeah, Cinema. So yeah, Cinema. Yeah. She's leaving the Republic, uh, the Democrats, and becoming an independent. But don't get too excited because she said that she will not caucus with the Republicans. But it does kind of up in the whole power struggle there. I keep my fingers crossed that Manchin is going to come forth and say he's an independent now, but I'm not holding my breath. Interesting. So bottom line, here's here's what we've got. Uh, the, the, the administration has wanted to keep the uh, uh, vaccine mandate in place about COVID for the military. Oh. And now the, the, the Republicans have stood their yeah. ground and that vaccine mandate is being getting rid of. But Look, what happens to the people for? Go ahead. This is this is real simple, Dave. You sign up to join the military, you do as you're told. Or you get the hell out. Period. Okay, well That's I would I mean I agree That's with that. Good. Yeah. I mean you're you, you sign up for the military they own you you charge the hill or you don't join that there is no you lose your independency when you join the military that's just how it is and uh but now am i am i for vaccine mandates heck no real simple dave okay let's go over to robert robert your thoughts yeah, well, I I think we're at a stage now that uh, even in the military, there's no um, basis to mandate a vaccine uh, for folks who don't want to take them. Remember, I tell your audience all the time, Dave, I've taken all the vaccines. Um, that's fine for me. I made that decision in consultation with my doctors. Um, but some folks uh, don't want to take vaccines, uh, and they have a greater risk Uh, of catching COVID, and that's a decision uh, that they make. I I wonder this, does the military mandate the flu shot? And if they don't, then there's no logic behind mandating uh, the um, COVID shot. Well, this goes back a few years. Remember when we had uh, the problem of, uh, you know, the white powder appearing in there in Washington, D.C., and uh, they decided that they were going to inoculate all our our troops uh, to make sure that uh, they, they couldn't get uh, uh, the disease. I'm trying to think right now what the disease was, and I, it eludes me in my mind. But the bottom line is that uh, a lot of uh, people did not take the shot and got out of the military. I mean, I agree with what uh, I'm hearing from uh, from Chris. I was in the military. I took. I'm going to just tell you, they they filled me up a couple of times yeah. uh, with vaccines. And I'll oh, be yeah, on, I'll be honest with you. I don't know what they were shooting me with. Was what they said they were shooting me with. I just rolled up my sleeve. I well, I took off my blouse and stood there in <laughs> in my t-shirt, and uh, they stood on either side of me and jabbed me and shot me full of stuff well 
I got to tell you, Dave, I'm, I'm thankful for the young men and women that choose to sign up and defend our country. But the mission is defend the country, get in line, and do what you're told or get out. Now, saying that, their, their stance on this, mandating vaccines, has called a lot of young people not to sign up. Yep. A lot of people got out of the military. It, when, yeah, so you're, you're free, right? We have freedom in the United States of America. Well, when you sign on that dotted line, you're subject to a different set of laws. Yeah, it's so called the, United a, you military, know, there you go, United States justice, uh, yeah. Military Justice. That's exactly US, right. That's right, USMCJ, and, and uh, it's serious. Uh, and if you're not a part of the mission, and if by not doing something hampers the mission of the defending the United States, then you ain't a participating member. And um, yeah, but but their their stance on this, based on hysteria and fear, um, has hurt. I think recruiting, and uh, maybe Tom Cruise's movie will will off will offset that. <laughs> well, we'll see. Right? We'll figure that out. Whether Top Gun will help them out, as far as that's concerned. With that said, right let's take a break. Uh, both of you can go ahead and do a little twisting here uh, during the break uh, to the music that we're playing right now. Just don't throw anything out while you're doing it. Now tonight, I'm going to go out and uh, celebrate Christmas in my own way with my wife. We're going to go see the Trans-Siberian Orchestra tonight, who's performing. They do a great job of of uh, doing a different take on Christmas music and are a lot of fun to go check it out. If you like rock and roll and you like Pink Floyd light shows, you're going to love TSO. If you've never seen them, uh, they weren't in the last couple of years, so it's going to be nice to go back to uh, Simmons and, and see them and, and enjoy their show. And then this weekend, I'm going over and check out the tree that's being done at First Baptist Church of Little Rock, uh, I still have a pair of tickets. I got a pair of tickets I'll give to somebody today. You got to pick them up by end of business today here at the radio station uh, at the tower behind Park Plaza. And we're on the seventh floor. You come on up here and get them. I'll give them to you free. It's good for two people to go see the show on Saturday night at five o'clock. Saturday night, five o'clock for the tree. And, uh, you know, if you're the first caller right now to uh, 501-823-0965, let me give you that number one more time, 501-823-0965, we'll let you have those tickets. And uh, uh, when you talk to um, Aaron, he'll he'll take care of you to make sure and hook you up with those tickets. Just know that you got to come and get the tickets uh, today. All right, you got to pick them up today. They'll be at the front door so you can get them. All right, so whoever calls in first, you're the winner. Get her done. Get done. That's what I'm just telling you. All right, joining us today, Robert Steinbach, because now we're going to get into some really good stuff. Yeah, we've talked good stuff all the way up to t- this this hour. Now we're going to get into real serious things, and a lot of uh, interesting questions come out uh, concerning it. Uh, with a private business and things of that nature. But bottom line, uh, Robert Steinbach is here. He's a law professor over at Bowen School of Law. He's also a practicing attorney here in the state of Arkansas. And his opinions are his and his alone and do not necessarily reflect those of the school of law or the university to which it belongs.
also with us today is Chris Corbett. Chris Corbett is a practicing attorney from over in the Conway area, and he joins us every Friday as well. Gentlemen, we thought it was bad at Twitter, but it's worse than what we even thought. Uh, I like that you know people were saying, you're, you're shadow banning people, and they said, no, we're not. Well, that's because they didn't call it shadow banning. They called it visibility filtering. That's the word that they use. Visibility filtering, or uh, VF. So yesterday, there was a second dump of files uh, dealing with Twitter and what was going on as far as all that's concerned. The uh, second installment of Elon Musk's so-called Twitter files shed light on the company's practices of secretly blacklisting certain tweets and, and users and Don uh, Dan Bongino was part of their list. Uh, Charlie Kirk was part of their list. Uh, if, if you had any kind of conservative leanings at all, I'm sure it was happening uh, to everybody, everybody. And as you as you see all this uh, playing out now in the media, uh, as far as as this is concerned, uh, uh, Robert. What are your thoughts? I mean, first of all, this is a private company. Uh, I I would hope that this will spur the Congress on to take a deeper look at what was going on. And for all you liberals out there, uh, it wasn't a conspiracy theory. It was true. So I'll turn it over to you, Robert. Well, you've largely said it, Dave, haven't you? Uh, Twitter had been lying all these years. Leftists uh, in control of Twitter have been lying. And yeah, sure, it's a private company, but we regulate private companies all the time. And there's an ongoing legal question as to whether some private company becomes so large and is involved in public communication, or whether it takes on some obligations of the town square, some First Amendment-like obligations. And I don't know the answer to that question, but even if it doesn't, as I said, we regulate private business all the time. Private business can't put up a sign that says no Jews, no blacks, no Irish, and good good riddance to any private business that tries to, they should be punished uh, for that. So this is something that highlights uh, the secret wrongdoing Uh, of Twitter. That's the other thing. They made false claims. They lied to the public. I don't know what they said if they were ever dragged into Congress. If any individuals were dragged into Congress and said one thing, and this turns out to be the opposite, well, then they just lied to Congress, right? Uh, And so that is likely uh, um, punishable wrongdoing as well. It's time to hold these people to account, Dave. Yeah, I I agree with you wholeheartedly. I'm I'm with you. I just wanted you to say it, not just me. I kind of feel, feel like how I I did what my dad would tell me. You know, I've been telling you this for years. Then one of your friends says it, and it becomes a gospel truth. Uh, <laughs> and I I understand now what he was saying. You know. You you can repeat something over and over again, and people don't want to become, uh, don't want to want to believe it, and then somebody else says it, and it's like, oh, you believe that? Okay, then I'll believe it too. What about you, Chris? Your thoughts about uh, this whole thing about Twitter? I mean, this is yeah. stuff that we all felt was the truth in the first place. 
Right. Well, um, there's several things going on. One is obviously now they were dishonest. So they've lost a lot of um, thoughts and lost a lot of you know loyalty with the public about, hey, this is a, a place where you can come and post your thoughts. So let's break it down to something a little more simpler, like take the Internet out of the equation. It's like they own a private post. Uh, I'm talking about a private tree downtown Little Rock, okay? And you can come up and post anything you want on this tree. That's what they sell, right? And they sell advertising on it. So it's commercial speech, and they sell their advertising, and but they're a private company. But when they come up to this tree and they start taking down posts that they don't like, little little yellow sticky notes. We don't like this because it's conservative. We don't like this because it's literally pro-American. Um, they've entered into a realm of public discourse where, I hate to say it, I don't even like to say these words, a little government regulation may be helpful. Uh-huh. Um, now, they are they subject to to violating free speech as of right now? No, they're not. Prager University lost a major lawsuit against uh, Google and YouTube because they were taking down their videos off of YouTube. But here's the deal. They're selling this stuff. They're ma- Google and Twitter is making money off this platform. So there needs to be some regulation there. Um, and, and and other people would say, hey, they've got some. Well, you couldn't take down people's posts if they were all Indian or couldn't take people's posts down um, or any um, blacks that were posting. So that would be illegal, right? A private company subject to can't be discriminating against folks. But um, what's very uh, just insidious is for them to come out and say, that they are not suppressing free speech. And these posts now, it's hard. I've tried to find these files. I don't know if he's releasing them to just reporters, but they're screenshots of what the Twitter engineers see. They literally have programmed click buttons. Um, Do not allow this post to trend. Click. It takes it off the ability for this post to trend. Yep. For people to for people to see it. And okay, so if that's not suppression, wow, what is right? How did they get away with this? How did they get away with so what was it seventy five hundred people in this country? I mean, in that company saying, "Oh, we're not doing that." Was there just a handful of engineers that got to peek behind the curtain and see how this software works? It's a uh, uh, it's interesting. Um, um, well, what's really interesting is, see, they said that they weren't doing any kind of shadow banning. Well, yeah. they they weren't because they didn't call it shadow banning. They called it visibility filtering. Oh, it's whatever. It's so funny <laughs> that they have split hairs on that. What oh, is, yeah. Let's break this down. Did you take the post down or not? Well, we didn't take it down. Or did you prevent it from trending? Well, I wouldn't say you prevented it from trending, but they have a button right there that says, don't allow to trend. Um, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, they could literally take one of our posts, Dave, and show it to 300 million people across the United States, and then you'd get a bunch of followers. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting. It how is they, very interesting. To say yeah. the least, and it's going to be more mm-hmm. interesting because I'm I'm sure that the House will uh, have a committee to look deeply into this and uh, make right. sure all the truth comes out on this. 
Yeah. Well, is it is it against the law to lie? No. You can lie, Dave, but if you're under oath and you've been subpoenaed, you don't want to be lying then. And there's many times that uh, Twitter was in front of Congress and yep. they lied, and we know that they lied now. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Barry Weiss, who's been the reporter who's been talking about this, she highlighted that Fox News host Dan Bongino was placed on a, quote, search blacklist. In other words, I yeah. guess if you went on the bar to search for his name, it wouldn't turn up anything. Uh, Twitter had Turning Point USA's Charlie Kirk, who has his talk show right here on The Answer uh, in the afternoons, on Do Not Amplify. So any that's that's one of them. you can't they can't get get that out. Bongino reacted to the allegations, tweeting, "Quote: We always knew we were a target of the Twitter suppression machine. Always. Yet liberals insisted it was another conspiracy theory. Well, now we know we've been vindicated. Yet I expect no apologies from any liberals. They live to abuse power, and they'll make no apologies." for doing so. So there's still more to come on this, but it's very interesting uh, to talk about it. All right, we got to get a break in. Uh, I'm going to get back on time here, guys, so we don't have to put all our breaks up together or something. Uh, But let's get our break in, and then when we come back, I want to talk about the uh, House enshrining the Same-Sex Marriage Act. I want to quote something Uh, from the Daily Wire, and and get your take on it. So Robert Steinbach is here. uh, Chris Corbett is here. I'm here. You're here. And we're talking about all the news that is being reported as news today across the spectrum on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got to get a break in. Let's do that right now. Remind remind you about PI Roofing and Home Solutions. There are more now. I used to say just PI Roofing. Now I say Home Solutions with it. They do construction as well. You have some construction uh you know, projects you need done around your house and you can't get anybody to take the work because they're just big companies and they just don't want to take a small job, then call P.I. Roofing. P.I. Roofing will take good care of you. You know how well they are known as a roofing company and the great professional work they do. Well, they've extended that out now into doing construction as well. All you have to do is give them a call. Uh, 501-707-3115. That's 501-707-3115. Or visit them online, piroofing.com. In their addition today, the House Thursday gave final approval to legislation to mandate federal recognition for same-sex marriages with a bipartisan coalition of lawmakers voting in favor of the measure in the waning days of the Democrat-led Congress. With a vote of 258 to 169, the landmark decision cleared Congress, sending it to President Biden to be signed into law and capping an improbable path for a measure that only months ago appeared to have little chance of being enacted. Now, the Daily Wire, that's uh, Ben Shapiro's uh, site, had this to say, and this is a this is a statement that I wanted to read to you guys and get your uh, 
your your judicial side arguments on this. Here's what uh, Daily Wire said. Quote, the bill would not force states to allow same-sex couples to marry under the Supreme Court's 2015 uh, Ob- uh, Ogafel v. Hodges decision. It would, however, make it so that any person acting under, under color of state law fully recognizes marriage between two people in another state and that the federal government must recognize marriages if they were valid in the state where the marriage occurred. Am I right in saying that that sounds like just a whole bunch of gobbledygook, the way that they said that? Robert? No, uh, I think it it's like a driver's license. It says that if you get a driver's license in Connecticut, you're allowed to drive in Arkansas. And it says if you get a marriage license uh, in one state, it's valid across the country. Okay, but let me ask this. It says the bill would not force states to allow same-sex couples to marry under the Supreme Court's uh, 2015 decision. Then it says it would, however. It sounds like to me, okay, yeah, the 2015 decision doesn't... uh, uh, allow you to get married if the state says you can't get married, but uh, if you do get married, then you go to an or or somebody from another state comes into Arkansas, you've got to respect their marriage license. It it just well, I sounds. I think the former's correct. I think that the Supreme Court ruled that uh, every state must uh, perform same-sex marriages, so I don't think that's correct either. Okay, so the Congress, it sounds like Congress messed it up. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. It sounds it yeah. sounds confusing to me. How about you, Chris? Indeed. You know, I've got some uh, reservations about it, Dave. I, this goes back to the Bible, and um, in Genesis, therefore shall a man a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Um. A marriage between same-sex couples, to me, is um, not according to the Bible, and it's going to cause some problems. Can I marry a corporation? Can I marry my dog? Um, I, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Uh, I think they, I think they, I think they did it right in the civil union thing, because you know, in the eyes of the law, my my wife and I, we can file a joint tax return, right? Um, if she's uh, incapacitated in the hospital, uh, I get to you know see her because we're married, um, and that those, some of those rights have not been allowed between same-sex couples. And you know, I, I'm all if somebody's happy and they want to um, marry somebody of the same sex, okay. But to enshrine it in federal legislation um, is a biblical abomination, and it's going to cause some problems. Because what's next? Can I marry my daughter? I mean, it's just weird. Okay, well, get it. My yeah. whole my whole question though is what Daily Wire is saying here. They say that yeah. the bill does not force states to allow same sex couples to marry under the Supreme Court's 2015 decision. It would, however, yeah. make it so that any person acting under color of state law, in other words, just as Robert was saying, it's like a driver's license. I got a marriage license from Missouri. I come to Arkansas. Uh, they have to be fully recognized between uh, the people in another state and that the federal government must recognize marriages if they were valid in the state where the marriage occurred. But 
with that last statement there, it says, if they were valid in the state where the marriage occurred. Does that mean Arkansas could still say same-sex marriage is illegal? And at that point, uh, a state does not have to recognize that marriage? I'm confused Uh, here. I see what you're saying, Dave. Okay, okay. So uh, this this kicks it for me back to why is the federal government doing this? Why don't they just leave it up to the states? Um, is the power is that is this written in the Constitution? Right, yeah. all the powers not given to the federal government are reserved for the states. Um, this is it'll be litigated. So if I was married a man in Missouri, and then I moved to Arkansas, can I file a a joint tax return in the state? Um, um, you know, with the state. Now that's that's the question. Yeah, right. and, that's and, and, and that's what the day that's what the Daily Wire is asking here. And it sounds mm-hmm. like to me they don't have a, a clear answer. That that's my problem with this, Robert. It doesn't this doesn't sound clear yeah. to me, does it to you? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah, I think this is gonna be just a whole lot more litigation coming up uh in the near future dealing with this and uh this this has not been put to bed yet at at all. You know, there's still questions to be asked. So um, we'll leave it at that. Just that I think that it leaves it in it leaves it about as clear as mud, uh, as far as I, as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, you know, there's the way that is looking. All right, we got other things to talk about. I told you we had a lot to talk about today, so we don't get to talk a long time about anything. We got to spend a short amount of time of trying to clarify what we're thinking on a, a whole lot of issues today. Uh, we got to get to uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly. He's up next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We gave away those tickets. Uh, wanted to let you know that has happened, and I had a name. Oh, nice. here. I had that name, uh, C.J. Wallace. Uh, is the winner of those tickets. And, C.J., congratulations. Come by during normal business hours today, and we'll give you two tickets to go see The Tree uh, on uh, Saturday night at 5. And uh, you can send a a special uh, note to uh, uh, John our uh, Gallagher, our GM, and thank him for that after you see the show and you go, wow, that was amazing, because it is. It's an amazing, <laughs> it's a really amazing show. It's great stuff. Oh, All right, but right now, let's see what Bill Riley has for us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got about five minutes. Heat up your coffee, guys. We'll be back to talk about more. We'll find out what's going to be in the paper for this weekend, written by none other than the scribe, Robert Steinbach. We had our Christmas party for the radio station last night and coming home at about uh, 10 o'clock talking about getting foggy. It was getting to the point you couldn't see out there. I was heading down five. And by the way, I understand that everybody can afford a car. I understand that kids travel on bicycles and things. But if you're riding a bicycle and you're out on Highway 5, do me a favor and wear something white or light so that you can be seen. I thought, I'll be honest with you, I, I think I came close to killing a kid last night out on Highway 5. I was heading northbound. He was over on the northbound lane on the shoulder riding against traffic and was riding a black bike with no lights on it. I'm I'm. I didn't see him until he was even with my front bumper. 
And Whoa. it scared me. I mean, when I after I got past him, I looked at my wife and I said, "Was that was a person, wasn't?" It? And she says, "Yeah, he's riding a bike. He had black clothes on." And I said, "That that's a kid that's looking to end up dead. I mean, seriously. I hope he got where he was going. That was da- that was really really dangerous. I I that's one thing I think. If you're going to ride a bike, a bike is." got a lot of the same laws as a car has you should have to have some kind of a headlight on one of those that uh, that you can be seen because i mean i would have been if i had hit somebody and it killed them i don't know you know i've been hard to live with myself if that happened even though i couldn't see him i mean it's like he was invisible scared the living tar out of me all right that's my that's my rant for today, Robert. Not bad. You got a rant coming up this weekend? Dave, I've got a rant coming up every weekend, as you know. <laughs> uh, and <clears throat> this week, I talk about uh, the horror show at UAMS, not created by UAMS. They have to comply with an old state law that requires 70%. Um, of the first 150 positions out of a total of only 188 in their incoming medical school class be equally divided uh, between or among the state's four congressional districts, irrespective of merit. What? Uh, Right. And, And this is done for politics, right? Every congressman gets to say, well, I, you know, put a quarter of the class roughly in there. Uh, But you don't get the best possible doctors by using your first string device zip code. That kills people. And this is nonsense. And we as conservatives have to be consistent. You know, we legitimately critique affirmative action uh, when it focuses on race. Now, mind you, that's where its effects are both the largest and most damaging. But we've got to oppose affirmative action across the board. Affirmative action for, uh, in this case, geography. Affirmative action for if you're the child of someone who went to a particular school. Affirmative action for people who play sports. All of that are all of those are non-merit considerations, and they got to go. So the legislature needs to undo this old law that ties the hands of the admission committee uh, at UAMS. However, and this is a big however, we got to be careful uh, because if you do that, what's UAMS going to do? What are the lefties over there going to do? They're going to go straight to race-based admissions. And this isn't yeah. a guess. They adopted a policy in 2003, and uh, it's called diversity is a compelling interest. And they say that they recognize the value of diversity in addressing the need to improve access to health care for the vulnerable populations of Arkansas and reduce racial and ethnic disparities in health care treatment and outcomes within the state. Wait a second, Dave. Did you catch that? Yeah, I heard it. statement. Yeah, UMS's statement openly declares that white medical students and white medical graduates are somehow innately less capable or less willing to treat vulnerable populations patients. So they're calling white doctors congenitally racists, and somehow minority doctors are magically uh, um, able and better at treating. Uh, minority patients. 
It's hogwash. All right, so let me let me ask this question. What you're saying is that because of the way this is set up, they want to make sure, and and I can understand that you want to make sure you have some black doctors, you got uh, you know Hispanic doctors, you've got Asian doctors, because I gotta say there's some people that they walk in and maybe the person is not of their race or whatever. You don't want them to be seeing you. I I can understand that there's some people no, like that. I'm sorry, I don't, Dave. I can't understand that at all. If you, as a white guy, went into a doctor's office and said, I only want a white doctor, how well would that land? Well, I agree. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying I understand this, all right? I'm not saying that they understand this. Yeah, I'm not making policy based on that goofy understanding. I'll tell you that right now. But here's my question for the people who think that way. What do you do? Uh, let's say when you start looking at the merit of the doctor, God forgive us if we start looking wait, at merit. What's that word? Yeah, what's merit. If we start looking at merit, what happens if uh, the, the the only person that you have that uh, can be a, a, a doctor of, uh, let's say, uh, you know, I don't know, Asian lesbian women or something, uh, has a score that's 50% lower than every other doctor that's a hospital. Are you going to give that person access to all these other people? I mean, this is crazy kind of thinking. Well, this is what, you know, I've been doing research about this issue for years now uh, when it comes to law school. I know you have. And Right, and, and law schools across the country uh, admit minorities uh, who are negatively mismatched, who don't line up with their credentials, uh, the average credentials across the class. Now, there's some white folks who also don't line up, but it's a much smaller percentage of whites of the overall white population in the law school class. And white or minority, those negatively mismatched students who are let in, uh, suffer because they have a uh, a fire hose jammed up against their face in terms of the information that's being presented when compared to their capability to absorb it. And it just don't work. And that's why we see, uh, for example, in one study that I conducted of the school that I teach at, uh, a bar failure rate for minorities double. That's right, double of that for white folks. And it ain't because minorities are less capable it's because the particular individuals that we admit on average were of lower met had lower metrics and therefore would were not well matched uh, to the class and to the school that's a problem uh, but the lefties don't care about that because they are pursuing this uh, progressive policy which is political preference uh, that we need more people that look like this or look like that instead of people who have the capabilities to succeed they've uh, most of my doctors as it turns out are as they say somewhat grammatically challenged as it is (laughs) of color Okay. Uh, I've, uh, I have one African-American doctor, and I've got uh, more than one um, um, uh, Southeast Asian, Indian or Pakistani uh, doctors. But the Southeast Asian doctors, you see, Dave, that's not the right kind of minority to the lefties. They would say, we got enough of them. So it's not, you know, it's, it's such a double standard. There's only a select few types of preferred minority groups uh, for the lefties. And the Indians and the Pakistanis ain't amongst them. Yeah, and God so forgive you if you have to be if you happen to be yeah. South Korean or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's really, uh, you know, if you, the, the lawsuit that's going on right now against Harvard and 
I forgot the second school now, uh, but they routinely uh, fail to admit Asians who are better qualified than both whites and other minorities because effectively uh, the lefties at Harvard, etc., are saying, well, we got too many of the Asians, you see. They are committing racism against the Asians. And by the way, it's exactly the type of racism that went on uh, against the Jews uh, in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. That's right. Well, you know, we can't have that many Jews. They seem to be outperforming uh, certain other groups. We can't have that many. We're letting a few token Jews, but after that, we can't have that many. That's because we knew that you were out to take over the world. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, the, 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 the racist trope that yep. we run the media and we run the, um, uh, what's the other thing, in the banking system. The banking love, system, yes. Right. Uh, folks like Kanye says uh, that the Jews are running the media. Uh, meanwhile, he's made uh, billions of dollars in media. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of Jews in media, a lot of Jews in banking, a lot of Jews in academia. You know what? Jews are overrepresented. That's not a real term, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Overrepresented the whole uh, host of good professions because we work real hard, Dave. That's why. Overrepresented. I didn't know there was a quota keeping us out. There is, according to the left. I got gotcha. you. I agree. Robert, or uh, Chris, I'm not going to call on you. I'm going to call on you when we come back because we're going to talk about the border plan that the Republicans have that the uh, the Democrats keep saying we don't have. We'll, we'll present it again uh, and uh, find out what you think if it's ever going to be implemented. So Dave Ellswick's show, got to get our final break in. East End Towing wants you to know that it doesn't matter the situation you find yourself in. If it's your car, your truck, your camper, your trailer, whatever it is, they know how to take care of it. You just need to call them at 501-888-8849. That's 501-888-8849 East End Towing. All right, back. Let's finish it up. Chris, you're up. Here's your question. What do you think about the Republican plan for the border? There's four parts of it. We've believed in it for years. We've been pushing it for years though that the uh, the Biden administration says, well, why don't you help us? Uh, you say we need to get the border under control. Why don't you get us help, uh, help us? Well, why don't you pass our plan? Maybe we would uh, be able to do that. Uh, we're looking at, uh, you know, like four different things. Uh, implement would be to finish building the border wall, boost the retention of Border Patrol agents, Ban federal grants from going to NGOs, those are non-governmental organizations, that support and assist U.S.-bound migrants and designate cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Look, if we could pass those four things, we'd cut the immigration, the legal immigration coming across the border, probably by uh, a half or more. Okay, that sounds fantastic. I don't see what's controversial about any of that. Here's 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 some uh, everlasting truths that we need to be guide that need to guide us, Dave. One, you can't have a country without borders. Period. Two, you've got to enforce those borders, and it's exactly what that plan's calling for. And then you know, third, I'm all for legal immigration. Come on over. Just do it legally. And then there's got to be that gray area with the folks that are already here. How do we 
uh, allow, is there some sort of plan to allow them to come in? And I hear, I feel my heartstrings being pulled out on kids that come over. Um, there's got to be some uh, administerial, quick court, um, legal, judicial way of bringing them into the fold or not. And um, it sounds like that's exactly what they're doing. But Biden is just burying his head in the sand. And, and there was a, a news article just recently. He was down there close to the border and didn't even go visit to see what was going on. So, um, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's get her done. Yeah, let's talk to you, Robert. What's your thought? Let's let's go over those four points again that the Republicans say are the main four points of our border plan. Finish building the border wall. Boost the retention of border patrol agents. Ban federal grants from going. I love this one. Ban federal grants from going to non-governmental organizations that support and assist U.S. bound migrants. And finally, designate cartels as foreign terrorist organizations. Dave, there was an art, a very long article I haven't finished in the New York Times uh, that Mexico is the route through which uh, the the all the drugs that uh, virtually all the drugs that are killing Americans uh, come, and indeed, a <clears throat> hundred thousand Americans die every year apparently from uh, drug abuse, drug overdose. Yeah, fentanyl. Over double the. Yeah, that's over double the number of people that die in car accidents. That's over the double uh, number of people that die from guns. And by the way, most of those gun deaths are suicide. They're self-inflicted deaths. Uh, But the left is all over the the gun deaths, and they want to keep open uh, the borders between Mexico and America. And it's an outrage. Uh, No country exists if it doesn't manage its borders. And so far, under the Biden administration, we effectively have open borders. I said, oh, no, we don't have open borders. No, 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 Dave. We effectively have open borders. We effectively have no borders. It's the same thing. Indeed. Yeah, I would think so. I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, let's quit playing around. Let's, let's quit lying to the American people. We have no borders. People just walk across the the Rio Grande or wherever they come across that, and uh, nobody stops them. They take their names, they give them a court date, and they let them go. Yep. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane. They're saying that uh, once this gets going back again next year, we could see as many as 6 million people cross the border. 6 million. That's two Arkansas. That's ridiculous. Look. Absolutely uh, ridiculous. It just should not uh, be happening at all. Should not be happening. All right, so we got a, a, a just a, a ton of stuff. By the way, we just got a call from CJ, and he's revoked his tickets. He says, I can't get there to get them today. So if you wanted those tickets to go see the tree on Saturday at 5, they're back there for you if you want them. All you have to do is call. 501-823-0965. 501-823-0965. And we will give you the tickets. But uh, you got about four minutes to call in. That's all the time we got. And the uh, first caller gets the tickets. 501-823-0965. You have to pick the tickets up 
today here at uh, the radio station right off of University. It's not hard to get here, easy to get here, and easy to secure the tickets. So keep uh, keep that in mind. I got one pair left. These are gone, you know, quickly. People want them. So you want them? Call now. They're yours. I'll give them to you. I'll be happy to give them to you. Uh, you know, you can go see a movie this weekend if you want to. Let's see. We've got tonight, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It's going to be over at uh, uh, the big uh, the big uh, Simmons Arena. Uh, they're going to be performing. I'm going to see that. I got my tickets uh, several days ago. Appreciate uh, being able to see them again. Uh, we got the tree happening this weekend. Uh, we got the, the big Christian uh, concert that's happening at Simmons, I think, on Sunday. Uh, there's just a whole lot of things happening. It's like that all the, the Nutcracker is this weekend. It's all happening, like at one time. So you got to pick which ones you want to do. And I'm trying to make it easier for you, like, to go to see the tree. You don't have to pay any money if you get the tickets free from me. You'll save at least $20 there. All right. So what are you doing this weekend, Robert? Are you just sitting around and writing uh, scholarly uh, columns all weekend long? Well, I, I've got a lot of things on my agenda, as usual, and one of them is to make sure that I continue to inform the good people of Arkansas as to what's going on under their noses. So please make sure to read the uh, Sunday Democrat Gazette, the perspective section, uh, and you can read it online or in hard copy. And if you're up there in Northwest, uh, it's only available on the online uh, version, not the sort of digital paper version. So look up uh, my column uh, online and you can read it and you'll get more details about what we discussed here today on the Dave Ellswick Show. Well, I want to thank you for allowing us to use your time here on the show on every Friday in the morning and you get up early in the morning have your coffee and sit down and talk issues with us we appreciate for that chris i appreciate uh, appreciate you as well what do you got planned for this weekend thank I've you got sir two seconds well, we saw we, we just saw a great movie violent night yay claws with a war hammer it's good <laughs> it stuff good. it was good stuff <laughs> all right i'll be back at nine o'clock all right you heard me this morning today december the 9th 1963 Peanuts Christmas first aired on television. They thought it was going to be an abysmal failure because it had a jazz background. Uh, Linus was quoting scripture <laughs> on, on television, and uh, it has never it has been shown every year at Christmas time because people like the simplicity of it and this and the storyline. Plus, it didn't have Jeff. It didn't have a life track. And they said, because back then, you remember this. I mean, it's even today. You remember everything had to have a laugh track. If it didn't, you didn't know when to laugh. That's right. So what guy is that? It proved them wrong in every turn of that. It's such a great, great little uh, Christmas story. And uh, earlier, we won't do it now, but earlier we played Linus telling Charlie Brown what Christmas really was all about. I think it's the simplicity of that music, too. I think that that jazz trio just kind of understated fits yeah. with the story. As you said, without the track, you know, this is kind of brings it all together. But those those songs really 
It's a great show. It really is a great show. The animation was absolutely sucky, but it was a great show. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I look at that that stuff back then like I I look at anime. I can't stand anime. Mm -hmm. I really don't like it. Their faces don't, to me show emotion at all they look, you know, it's like a it, whole thing I guess there's a way to interpret it I'm, I don't know very much it. about it kids are, younger, I, younger is, people are I really into much, it I know that much but yeah I, 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 definitely into it. I gotta tell you I have a problem when you have to read the book from the back <laughs> alright when you're, when you're reading the book backwards I gotta go wait a second uh, anyway uh, I know that for Japanese that's the way they read don't, don't, don't give me a hard time don't send me some Think about that. All right. By the way, we still have one pair of tickets. I was told that Dave, there's a pair of tickets still sitting here uh, for the tree. That's on. Uh, that I got tickets for Sunday afternoon at five. If you want to go see the tree over at First Baptist Little Rock, I'll be happy to give you the tickets. All you got to do is call and uh, pick them up today, because you pick them up Monday, it's already happened. Unless you can time travel, you're not going to see it. Uh, bottom line, call uh, 501-823-0965. Call now. First caller, you get the tickets. You walk away from them and go and go enjoy, enjoy it on me. All right? I'll save you 20 bucks as far as that's uh, concerned. All right. So it's like everything's happening this weekend. Sorry. I mean, Trans-Siberian is in. I saw where, uh, you know, the big Christian con- uh, concert is coming this weekend. We've got, uh, what is it, Nutcracker? Hmm. You, you guys are playing for the Nutcracker we this are, uh, this weekend. Uh, and from what I have been told, uh, I think they're just about sold out. I think they've sold out They have sold several out? of the shows. So I okay. think that I believe the evening ones have, have a few tickets left. So If you want to see it. You know, you you still may be able to get in, Tonight. but just know everybody wants wants to take it to this year. I just think we got this whole pent up thing after Absolutely. COVID yeah. that people want to go. I want to go see the things, the traditional things. I I want to see. Yeah, I feel like since since Thanksgiving, it's just gotten busier and busier every weekend in yes. town. I've just been noticing. You know, on Friday I'm going to rehearsal or or wherever out to dinner, and it's just. You know, got people, something to people do. in town. Yeah. Got something to do. All right, we so like we've got the Nutcracker taken care of. We've got TSO taken care of. We've got uh, the Eagles have been in and gone. Uh, we've got all these big shows that are happening. The next weekend, the biggest of all the shows. That's happens. right. Yes, thank the you. The Arkansas Dave. Symphony yeah. Orchestra will have their Christmas show, and that's always a fun time to go to it really is i you know putting these shows together it's always it's always a, it's usually in the month of july when i'm like really thinking about christmas music for the first time to put these right. put these shows together and it's kind of uh it's always kind of funny but it's you know love to just bring the community together and get lots of people on stage there's gonna be a lot of great singing uh the largest choir we've assembled to sing with the orchestra since covid oh, is going to cool. be on stage just shy of 100 voices up there and then we've got four uh four great soloists who are all coming in doing different styles and so we do a you know it's like a big variety show but just 
it's yeah, but really it's high good. level and it's good and and uh, selling a lot of tickets is going to be a big crowd and you know we have a lot of activities kind of at the front of house too there'll be music before the concert music at intermission yeah. and and all of this and so whole experience friday saturday sunday and next weekend so that's gonna be fun excited. it's yeah. a, that's always a very well done show you guys really put a lot of work into it we do is you know this so it's part of our this is the opening of our uh, what we call our pop series, which is where we do either movies, it's where we do the holiday show, is where we do Broadway, and and we did that circus show last last yeah. spring that I think we talked it about. Went which over was really well. Yeah, it sure did. So this opens our opens our uh, opens our pop series, and so that means you're going to get. Uh, a whole variety of types of music with the orchestra and you get a large orchestra we're gonna have a, you know we got the full sax section we got the whole you know the whole works uh all the strings and and everything and so yeah with these so this is one of the ones we put together totally in-house from the ground up designed to uh feature people from central arkansas there's such extraordinary talent, especially vocal talent in this town and and feature organizations from the community and just really make it a whole feel good thing that is all about Arkansas, right? So okay, so let's yeah. run through the show. I'll sure. just, just I'll just name some of the traditional things that have happened. Maybe you've changed them up because of COVID. You know, it's been a couple of years now, and you think this is the time to sneak something in there. Uh, <laughs> that's fine with me. Uh, of course, you're going to have somebody do Oh Holy Night. Of course. I, it's hard to imagine doing one without an Oh Holy Night. And I so. mean, seriously. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. That's a great piece. It's such a great piece of music. Yeah, absolutely. It's a beautiful character. I mean, so many people's favorite, and the words are just powerful, take you away. The person who's singing it this year really tells a story with her. Her name is Karen Q. Clark. Uh, she's a, she's does a lot of theater around. She's an amazing soprano. She's also a music teacher. Three of our four vocal soloists on this show are additionally music music educators. Well, good for them. Is, which we I need people to fabulous. do that. Absolutely. Um, and uh, she'll be she'll be singing a holy night. We worked through it uh, earlier this week, and and that's gonna be that's gonna be wonderful. All right. So, so tell me about your other soloists. So got? she's kind of. Um, Karen comes from kind of a musical theater background, so mm-hmm. she's also going to do this really fun theatrical musical adaptation of Twas the Night Before Christmas. Good. With the full text, a lot of, lot of fun. Um, my friend John Willis is going to, be, uh, going to be singing with the orchestra for the first time. He's mm-hmm. a great pianist and vocalist, but he's going to sing Believe from the Polar Express, doing his best Josh Groban. Um, he's... He's excellent. Uh, we have Bijou is going to perform with us for the first time, and she's doing some um, some Ella Fitzgerald covers from oh, her. Very cool. Yeah, they're the original Frank Duvall arrangements off of the off of uh, Ella's Christmas albums. And okay. I found this summer, I was like. This is amazing. We actually can it. get this music. And I had just so happened just had a conversation with Bijou at the July 4th uh, event down at the down at the amphitheater where uh-huh. she sang with Rodney Block before we played. And um, and, you know, talking about what she would love to do with the symphony most, if, you know, if, if, if she was going to sing it. She's like, I'd love to do some Ella covers. Two weeks later, I find the original arrangements oh, of her wow. Christmas tunes. So that worked out. And then, uh, and then my good friend Sasha Spencer is going to, uh, going to sing these great gospel adaptations of, of uh, traditional carols and, and spirituals with the backing of a hundred-voice choir. So oh, cool. Yeah. 
That sounds good, man. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have to come over and see it. I'm Definitely. I'm him do it. You know, I mean, this time last year we were talking and, and uh, we were Chris Allen was coming and, and yeah. it was finally, you know, after that got delayed by a year. And so as soon as that finished, I was started thinking about this. Okay, how are we going to top that? You know? Yeah. And so I decided to, you know, go with the full-on variety show and, and, and with just – Amazing singers. I knew there had to be a lot of incredible singing, you know, to in order to follow Chris. And let me so that's let me put you on get. the spot. All okay, right? I want to put you on the spot. <laughs> if there was one artist, popular artist, that's performing today, that you could bring in and perform with the orchestra, I mean, I got one in my mind right now. Who would it be? I mean, <laughs> there are a lot. Yeah, but. I'm gonna say something. I'm I'm probably gonna say something you're not expecting. Okay. Um. Because. Um. But this has been something I I had a conversation just the other day about. Like, what would a collaboration with this artist look like? And it's a. Uh, and it's a R and B pop artist who also plays a mean classical flute. Do you know who I'm talking about? Jethro Tull. No, no. <laughs> but yes, but no. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty um, good guess. <laughs> have you uh, uh, have you ever seen Lizzo play the flute? No, she is she is a trained classical flutist as well as singer and performer. And so this came up in conversation like someone needs to write a piece where she comes and sings and raps and plays flute with right. the orchestra would be that would amazing. Be cool. So. I'm just throwing that out there. Probably not the direction we were expecting no, to go. But I have go. I have a person right. Yeah. I love I love to see uh, uh, one night one night only ASO and Lady Gaga. Yeah, what a voice! I would have been right there in the top five. I mean, sure. she almost is incredible. It. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. she's another person who can do like any style, right? Yeah, and she and won't she... show up in a meat dress. I promise. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and um and and I mean she's. You know, have you heard her sing jazz? Yes. Sing? Yeah, it's a, it's amazing. So yes. that's a good one. Yeah. She's very, very, very talented. Yeah. People don't realize how, and people don't realize how small she is. Yeah. yeah they think <laughs> that she's really tall. That's because she wears those freaking big boots, man. Yeah. <laughs> she uses the hand-me-downs from Kiss. What can mm-hmm. I tell you? That's what she does. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll do more here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It's 917, and Jeff's here. We're talking about the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra. The Christmas program is happening next weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Where do they get their tickets? ArkansasSymphony.org. You can call the box office, 666-1761. If you want to talk to our wonderful office in person, but ArkansasSymphony.org, get all your best seats. So how many tickets do you got left? Are you almost sold out? Um, We're getting pretty full on Saturday night and Sunday afternoon especially Mm -hmm. because that's when we have the children's fair. Uh, Friday night is your best bet if you want to sit right at the front and get perspirated on by the the performance. We were talking about that uh, (laughs) earlier on. But yeah, if you're you're only going to see one performance in the year, for ASO, it's this one. I would say so, and especially if maybe it's your first time going to the orchestra right. and you're not exactly sure what to expect down at the Robinson Center Arkansas Symphony Orchestra, go to the holiday show. You'll get an idea of what it's like. You'll be blown away by the sound coming off the stage, mm-hmm. um, but it's a really comfortable environment and kind of come as you are, and, and you'll really enjoy it, and then you'll want to come back. Yeah, all the work that they did over there at the Robinson really has paid off. There's no doubt about that. Uh, with that said, uh, one other thing I want to remind you about that on Wednesday is or Tuesday night is our uh, 
our Christmas classic movie, and we're showing the 75th anniversary edition of It's a Wonderful Life, and we're almost sold out. So if you're wanting the tickets, uh, you'll want to go online today to uh, uh, the, the Riverdale 10 and buy your tickets today so you don't miss that presentation. One time, one time only, 7 o'clock on the 13th. Keep that in mind. All right, Dave Ellswick Show, more coming your way after these. All right, back with you. Jeff's here, ASO, and uh, the Christmas show is coming up a week from today. You don't want to miss this. I've I've been a big patron of uh, the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra on, on different shows that they have, but always Christmas time. And I, I got started when I would go to the Christmas show that they did with the Indianapolis mm-hmm. Symphony Orchestra. They did a fantastic show every year, and uh, they I don't know if they still use the same theater on the circle that they used to use or not, but it was this old uh, place that they had revamped, and it was just awesome to go see things. Uh, sometimes sight lines weren't the best, but... When the building that you're in was built back in the 1800s, that can be a problem. But it was it was always fun to go and see, and they always came up with something new every year. And that's what they do here at the Arkansas Symphony Orchestra. And uh, you know, symphonies, you guys have taken it kind of on the chin uh, with the the COVID thing. I mean, you guys couldn't even get together and practice hardly. We couldn't for about yeah for about six seven months eight months and then we finally it was actually in december of 2020 we did a broadcast thing it was the first time the orchestra had been back on the stage at 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 robinson but it was you know it was christmas time and we wanted to do something and so what was that like that you guys hadn't seen each other for that much time it was pretty it was pretty surreal and of course we had to do all these things and spread out and you know endless testing oh, six, um, six feet between six each feet people. between us you know <laughs> testing before every rehearsal and oh, so we my. all you know and so and and um but we pulled it off and we were you know it was a live streamed concert right. and a lot of people tuned in and it was just you know that kind of signaled for the first time that we were you know that we were making moves towards actually being able to come back and then we started doing um broadcast concerts that january right after that but it was kind of symbolic that we came back with a holiday show you know yeah, it was the first, cool. first thing and 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 so sort of to you know to your point i mean orchestras all over the uh all over the country do something like this for to celebrate christmas and and it's uh and it's just a great way to do it because you've got the whole like everyone loves to sing with a symphony orchestra right, right? and so you have great talent and it really helps you to you know it's a great way to celebrate the season so if it is your first you know if you haven't been to see the orchestra before this is a great shot to take you know to, to now, i'm to gonna come ask to the you a question time, i, I ask you every year yeah. dancing penguins <laughs> Got to come to find out. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know why, but that always tickles me when yeah. when you guys would do that that segment. It was a great a great segment. How difficult is it when you're planning this? Uh, you know how important Christmas music is to people and how traditional it is and stuff. How important is it to have certain? I mean, Old oh, Holy Night's a good right. example that has to be done during a performance there are you know really you just have to consider like you're trying to make everyone happy right (laughs) and so there are there are a few things like that that you feel like you have to do every year you have to you know there has to be a a 
base of really traditional selections for sure that everyone's going to know um, and expect, but you also want to do something different every year so you don't have people thinking, well, that was just the same as last year. I'm not coming back next year. Right. You know, so it's, it's, you're looking for that kind of perfect balance. Of, but there's of, people who say, I want what you did last year. Right. Well, it's that's yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. And so after one of these shows, if you know, if I'm if we're not fielding a bunch of calls though, to <laughs> that are saying, well, they really should have done this, should have done yeah. this, then you done good, right? So yeah, I got you. <laughs> so, I mean, but it, you know, I not a it's not an easy place to be sitting where you were at. Yeah, at it's times. not. But I. I love I love the challenge of putting together a show where every single year afterwards they're like that was the best Christmas show ever and so that's 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 always what I sit down with the objective of and and you know and I think that yes you're going to do some traditional stuff but what you're what I consider the biggest win is when those who want the same thing every year you give them something a little bit new and they're like that was awesome i want that next year yeah well that's good <laughs> that i'm gives glad you something to build up god to, to hear so, uh are you slipping in mary did you know um not this year not this year taking okay. one year off that's yeah. cool that's good i i, I like that. that that's one of my favorite other than old holy night yeah. which was my mother's favorite uh-huh. care of all time uh that 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 song um mary did you know i think you just grabs and holds what christmas is all about oh absolutely and you know last year chris allen just slayed with that one so it was i think it was a good year to give it give it a rest you know he a lot of people think that he was like just he just won it by chance no no because he can sing that dude is talented sing yeah Yeah. and play guitar yeah Yeah, yeah, he's very very good he's excellent all right, we're, we're down to the last few moments that I have with you today. So tell everybody how to get their tickets. Tell them how much they are. Give them, give them your best sales shot. Absolutely. So ASO, Home for the Holidays, it's next Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday night, Sunday matinee. Almost sold out, so you want to get these tickets soon. Yes. Uh, especially that Sunday. So ArkansasSymphony.org, you can go look at all your ticket options. You can call the box office, 666-1761. 100-voice choir, 80-piece symphony orchestra, four amazingly talented vocal soloists, uh, all from Central Arkansas. It's going to be a big community affair. Uh Especially if this might be your first time coming to see the orchestra, there's a great time to do it, and then you'll. I, I'm sure you're going to want to be coming back. Uh, so, and check us out on Facebook if you want to see, you know, clips of us rehearsing, getting ready, all the stuff that the orchestra does around the around the area. It's Arkansas Symphony Orchestra or AR Symphony at AR Symphony on Instagram. Easy to do. Just make sure you do it That's and right. do it today, so you know that you can like sit your whole family together. Absolutely. And um, if you have a larger group or you, some, you need special ticket arrangements, just call. Our box office are amazingly helpful. They're, they're such great people. And, you know, feel free to just chat with them. All right. We're out of time, my man. I will talk to you. Hopefully I'll see you over next weekend. You have a great show. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Thanks great so to see much you, for Come on. Yeah. I appreciate you. All right. Let's uh, do some news. And then uh, Matt Smith is going to come by. Okay. Let's get back to it. Uh, when you think Christmas time, I always think movies because my parents would always, it was the one time out of the year that 
where I grew up at, which was in Hammond, Indiana, I was in Hessville, which was on the wrong side of the tracks for Hammond, Indiana. Wrong side of the tracks. Yeah, so. yeah, okay. yeah. We we still had dirt roads and oh, stuff okay. like that. Nice. All right. And they had the. I I went to Harding Elementary. That's where a Christmas story. Nice. I took part in in that part of of the of my my town and stuff, but uh, bottom line, it was the one time a year. Usually, we went to the drive-in because it was cheaper. Right. We would go to the Paramount or the Parthenon, right? And they were those old-fashioned theaters with the the globe on the top of the the, right. the ceiling, right. the, the velvet. The, the velvet back when the studios could own a theater. Yeah, the velvet. They had the big velvet yeah. uh, curtains and all of that. I remember that's like yeah. And then you walk in, and I'm sure that the the, the boss there was one of your descendants because he was having them popping that popcorn got to do it as soon as you walked in the door you were assaulted by it that's what i try to tell them give them some fresh corn (laughs) they left the house and drove out here give them fresh corn man good stuff it's look i always say i'm not going to eat any when i get there i gotta have it because it's that smell it's one of life's pleasures it's like a good cup of coffee in the morning yeah it's just you know you you, you're not there that often it's not like you're eating a big bucket of popcorn 365 days a year that's right you know most people go to the movies once or twice a month get the corn it's like one of those old 1950s cartoons that the the steam coming off of the the food forms a hand and it's motioning to you to come this way yeah you know <laughs> you, you don't eat what you eat on thanksgiving every day no nope. you don't drink what you drink on new year's every day that's you're not right. eating popcorn every day you go to the show once or twice a month get you a bucket of corn that's enjoy great. by the way you and i had talked about this movie uh a little bit a few we weeks did. back and it's violent night yes and i, I tell everybody look it, it it's it's home alone meets die hard it's hilarious but it, it it's much more bloodier. It's than just die hard. action-packed, mercenary, <laughs> over the le- top. It is so good. Gunshots, fist fights. I mean, you know, you're throwing Die Hard and Home Alone in there, and then maybe a little John Wick on the side. Yeah, that's you know, true. Just, yeah, just, that's, that's it's true. It's it's fun. It's over the top. It's nuts. Yeah, I mean, when it's, you it's, go, know that it's vicious. All right. Yes. It is vicious. It it's is a vicious movie it's r and it's crazy my my, right? my wife wasn't thrilled with it she she's at that point where she's getting kind of she's so tired of all the real murders going on oh, in the area yeah, and stuff yeah. that she looks at and says oh we make fun of so it's not making fun of it it's just you know santa claus it's an outlet is the key character I yes. mean, come on santa claus now we're already in fantasy land when we say santa claus is you know, having an armed battle with some mercenaries. I mean, come on. And I tell you what else is going to be a riot. This is going to be hilarious, man. There's this movie from Universal Pictures coming out February the 24th called Cocaine Bear. Cocaine uh, Bear? It's so funny. Not Care Bears. Cocaine, cocaine Bear. Bear. It okay. comes out February the 24th from Universal Pictures. Oh, it is a riot. You, people are going to die rolling in the floor laughing at this goofy All movie. Right. February 24th, Cocaine Bear. I heard that they are going to do to the Grinch what they did to Santa Claus. They're going to make a a Grinch movie where he's like a terrorist. That would be that would be funny. If they had a Grinch <laughs> Grinch version of a Violent Night, that would be funny. I mean, that would be. I mean, you got to have some comedy in there. You yeah. got to have some humor. You got to laugh. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some good stuff playing. We've got some good stuff coming up. So 
Well, we're almost sold out of our, on our theater for uh, It's a Wonderful Life coming up Tuesday. Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Get your tickets at Riverdale10.com. Uh, tickets are just 5 bucks, and they are going like Hot cotton days. candy yeah. at the fair, man. Get you a ticket to that. It's going to be awesome. 75th That's, anniversary. Yes, and that is playing Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, Riverdale 10, Riverdale10.com. Go on in there and buy your ticket, reserve your seat, luxury leather, electric recliners with tables and reserved seating. we got a full food menu. We also serve beer and wine. Be sure to check that out. Our, uh, we've got Fablemans from Steven Spielberg. I want to see that. Starting today, the Fablemans, PG-13. That is playing today. Uh, also today, uh, Memories of My Father from Cohen Media Group, exclusively at Riverdale 10. That's playing today. We have Spoiler Alert from Focus Features, also playing today exclusively at Riverdale 10. And, of course, we're still showing Black Adam. Uh, we still have Strange World on the screen. We're still showing Devotion uh, about the Korean War fighter pilots. That's the, a great movie. One of the stars from Top Gun is in Devotion. Uh, Strange World from Disney still on the screen. We're playing that. Of course, Black Adam with The Rock, we still got that. George Clooney is still on the screen with Julia Roberts in Ticket to Paradise. Go to Riverdale10.com to check those out. Uh, starting on the 16th, next Friday, a week from today, we will have Avatar, The Way of Water. Wow. Those tickets are on sale. Also starting on the 16th, a cool movie called Empire of Light. Starting at Riverdale 10 on the 16th. Be sure to check that out. Sam Mendes film. Awesome movie. A lot of critical acclaim there. I definitely want to see it just because of the director. Absolutely. Now, Avatar is at all of my theaters next week. And then, of course, on Wednesday, December 21st, we have Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, PG, <laughs> Universal, Good for All the Kids. That's at all of my locations. Starting the 23rd, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Whitney Houston musical biopic, PG-13, starts Friday, December 23rd. And also starting the 23rd, Babylon. Babylon has a I massive amount of stars movie. in it, uh, including Margot Robbie. She's probably just worth the ticket price alone. Babylon starts the 23rd from Paramount Pictures. Hit Riverdale10.com to check all those out. Now, of course, we are in Hot Springs, Searcy, Batesville, Dave's hometown of Cabot. Yep. And, of course, all the theaters feature reserved seating, luxury leather recliners, and, of course, full food menu. And you can have the adult beverage of your choice, beer, if wine. You, if you're an adult. Yes. At uh, Riverdale 10 in Little Rock. And, of course, the Hot Springs 8 VIP Cinema in Hot Springs. And the Cabot 8 VIP Cinema in Cabot. How do you like that remodeled lobby in Cabot, I love my friend? It. It's great. Got you like plenty that? of room. I like how you go and give your ticket in and take to a right. And then you got your little location to put your butter and your... Your salt and all that on the on the popcorn. Like the new paint, the new lights. Yeah, it looks good. The new butter station. Looks great. Good deal. Good deal. You guys did a good job. Like did a more, great job. More improvements coming in 2023. Okay. That's yes, always sir. good. It's yes, always sir. a good place to go. I I will, I, I say this all the time, it's the best place to see a motion picture. We've I, still got I don't, I don't come to Little Rock to see a motion picture. Why would you? I go to Cavett. There you go. We got better seats. Yeah. I better food so. selection. And we still have I Heard the Bells, rated PG, yeah. still on the screen, still playing. we got a cool special event Monday and Tuesday night, 5,000 blankets, true story. Lady wrote a book. Uh, her husband was a war veteran suffering from PTSD, yeah. and uh, he, uh, he left home. Uh, his son was worried about him, 
and uh, decided to start gathering up blankets and giving them to uh, the homeless and people in need. And the the son had a goal of 5,000 blankets and gathered those with his mom and other volunteers. And it's a true story. There's a book about it. It's pretty cool. It's 7 o'clock Monday and Tuesday night. I would say it's a PG-type movie, PG-13. And those movies draw. I mean, when I went to see Violent Night, we had about 25 people there. I think there were like 60 people for or more for I Heard the Bells. Yes, yes. And that is another uh, PG faith-based motion picture. And I Heard the Bells is playing through through Wednesday or Thursday. But 5,000 Blankets is just Monday and Tuesday night. Okay. And then our next film of the faith-based series will be January the 26th. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. Those tickets are on sale now. Friday, January Based the 26th. Based on the Tim LaHaye books, right? What? Tim, the Tim LaHaye books. They follow the books, yeah. And, yeah. of course, you know, you got, um, you know, Kevin Zorbo's in the film. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So that's coming up. January the 26th, Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. Tickets are on sale now at all five locations. Be sure to check those out. That's our next faith-based motion picture. And it's coming up quick. Uh, he's been talking about it on his Twitter, yes, and on don't, his Twitter yes. feed. It's a wonderful life. Tuesday night, seven o'clock, Riverdale ten. Tickets only five bucks. Go to the website. Yeah, you now don't want to miss out. that. Seventy fifth anniversary, and next year I'm giving you twelve months notice. All right, the Christmas movie. It's a movie that will hit its twentieth birthday, and I want to show it. And it's Elf. Dum dum dum. Twentieth anniversary. Can you believe that? Twentieth anniversary. December. 2023 that's right we're already working on working on got to work on these things early and then every month get next booked. year is going to be a a different steven spielberg movie that's what we're shooting for now we got gone with the wind in january yep traditional every year yep. anniversary presentation gone with the wind tuesday january the 10th 7 p.m riverdale10.com to get your tickets and then we'll be piecing together the rest of the year with mr spielberg in mind as Man. we continue on through 2023 Great. he he is the one of the greatest American directors in motion pictures history it's not country. He's great. And we got Fableman's on right now. Yeah, you can find out why he did what he did. All right, don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry located at 3000 Cavanaugh right here in Little Rock. It's where I go about jewelry. It's where I bought my wife's studs at. It's what, No, it's not where I got her a stud. She had me already. I bought her some studs all right for her ears of course i got her the uh the this what is that called paper clip necklace last year she you really know, really liked that i go by there i mean i love going there i get jewelry there um they work on my watches i mean I, you know eric's, I have, eric's good man i love eric okay and and you know i'll tell you something else i have problems with <laughs> batteries in remote in, in in the remote for my cars Oh, yeah. I can, I, you know, trying to take those things apart. Uh-huh. So, I mean, if you got something going on with a watch, uh, <laughs> you need to go buy there. Yeah. I mean, it's not just the jewelry that's for sale. I mean, the gold and the diamonds is impressive. Yeah, and it's not like a, it's not like a Timex you used to buy at Walmart. Oh no, and you know, <laughs> but, I mean, I've he's just good. At, he's good at what he does, and you know, they also occasionally have some really cool watches. Yes, there. he does. You know, I mean, and a watch now is such a specialty thing. You know, it's it's such a cool thing to have now that everybody uses their phone. 
So if you can find you a cool watch, he has some sometimes. But the gold and diamonds, wow. Yeah, he's all into it. Wow. He really, really. And gold is coming. Gold, gold is coming back. It's not the silver gold. It's the gold, gold. All right, nine forty-seven. Let's go ahead and get our break in. Don't forget about Hillcrest Designer Jewelry again. Open Monday through Saturday, ten to six, three thousand Cavanaugh. All right, here we are back. You come into my studio. You you know it's Christmas time because you look to your right and on my t- my counter is my menorah. I got my menorah sitting here. It's Hanukkah time. It starts next week. Keep that in mind. We're going to be talking about it on Tuesday with the Bible guys. They'll be here. We'll we'll discuss Hanukkah. Even got a dreidel sitting here. All I need is some guilt, and I could have played played the game with you there, uh, Matt, and you could have won some chocolate. Hey, there you go. <laughs> you there you have, go, brother. Could have done there your you whole, th- whole thing. All right, so Avatar, is it going to be as big as it was initially, do you think? Well, um, I mean, the first movie was so groundbreaking, but I don't think people realize that, that it opened fair, but then it just had tremendous legs and hung around and kept selling tickets and selling tickets yeah. and selling tickets. The opening of the, of the film was not that big of an opening when you look back at 2009. Really? It wasn't. I mean, it opened nice, but I think what's different this time is we're going to have a much, much bigger opening. You know, I really do. I think it's going to get out there and jump up and do an opening number uh, its first weekend. And they're predicting uh, $175 million opening weekend. That is a strong number when you consider the film's over three hours long. Uh, that's going to affect how many times it can play each day at the complexes that right. it's in. Uh, that's a big number. But I also feel like this film will leg out there and do well. It's a movie you want to see in theaters. Oh, much You've got to see it on the big screen. Much like Top Gun. And yeah. so, yes, it's going to have a much bigger opening than the first one, but it's also going to stick around and play at theaters. And if you look at January, it's got all of January to just sit in there and play. By itself, And do huh? big numbers. Well, a movie of that type. I mean, there's a cool little scary movie, January the 6th, called Megan. That's opening that up. That looks interesting. And that's cool. And they do one of those movies, um, you know, every uh, first Friday in January. It's so a cool thing to do. It reminds me of, what was it called, Special Friend? Yeah, and it's, it's you know, it's kind of an antidote <laughs> to the Christmas thing. We have yes. all these cool Christmas movies out for that right, two weeks right, around right. Christmas and the rom-coms and all that jazz. And then they throw a little scary thing in the first Friday in January. And that's going to be great. There's some cool movies coming up January the 13th, things like that. But you don't have a big action-type blockbuster huge film like avatar in january so avatar is going to sit there and play i mean avatar will do well from christmas all the way through president's day in february it's going to be a movie that sticks on the screen yes and looking good in 3d but hey it's it's a groundbreaking picture in 2d yeah i mean something people have to see on the big screen i mean there's certain people that i will go see Mm -hmm. just because of their name i mean spielberg's one of course absolutely But, but Sam Mendes. I'll yes. go see anything that yes. he does. Yes. I go now. I'm about. Was it uh, Taylor Sheridan? Sheridan Taylor, oh, you know. Oh yeah, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Anything that he's anything involved he's in, I'll yeah, go maybe. watch yeah. him. I mean, look at and he's he's, he's made a nice. Oh, yeah. He's made nice move over. Oh, yeah. I love Wind River. I love Wind River. Yeah, oh, that, great that, movie. You oh, and so I good. both are so agreement on that. That's a great movie. But James Cameron, same way. He he's not only a great writer, right? But he's a great director, and he's he brings back to cinema. He looks for new things to oh, do. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to talk about current directors alive today, Cameron, okay, Spielberg, mm-hmm. right, Scorsese. Oh, yeah, Scorsese, of course. Right? 
Yeah. I mean, that's top three. Yeah. You can arguably say who's first, second, third, but those are the top three hands down, all right? <laughs> you know, a big a big gap between those three guys and whoever you're and saying is number four. everybody below them. You're, right? you're yeah. exactly I mean, they're, right. They're Michael Jordan. They're Tom Brady, okay? They're, yeah. they're, they're the guys, right? <laughs> yeah. They're the goats. That's yes, right. absolutely. They are. They so are you, the yeah, goats. you got to put Spielberg in there, but Cameron, wow. Titanic? I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that's come a fantastic on, Look at the movie. Terminator. Look at the first Terminator movie. Look, look at, how groundbreaking that look was, at man. Piranha 2. <laughs> Everybody's got to start somewhere. Yes, you do. And yeah, uh, I had like a five-cent budget on that thing. Well, he was working with Corman. Of course he did. Unbelievable. Five-cent budget. <laughs> made it work, though. Made and it work. And he made a fun movie. It's a Raimi noodles of, of, of movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you hey hey uh, uh Aaron have you ever seen Piranha 2? Come on man. Dude, you got to see that. That's a James Cameron movie. You got you got flying piranhas in it. Yes it does. It's hilarious. Not in 3D though. It, no, it's not in 3D. There's one part where this woman is running down the beach and she's got this like piranha chasing her and it comes up and it burls into her side. It's crazy. Ugh. It is a crazy movie. Man. He did it with Roger Corman. That mm. should give you a warning right there. <laughs> Terminator was a big step up. Oh, man. Big step up. Big what, step a, up. what a great movie that is with the, the limited budget that yeah. he had for that. And he went out and, and found these stars like Linda Hamilton to put into it. He married her, and then she got a little bit old, and he tossed her to the side. But what? that's all right. Hey, he, he originally <laughs> wanted Schwarzenegger to be the good guy. Yeah, I know Somebody else is going to be the cyborg. Yeah. I just, and you look at it and you're like, what? Who thought that was a good idea? It didn't even make he sense. Did. <laughs> I know, but Schwarzenegger had to be the cyborg. Man. Yes. Yeah, he was He was so good in that movie. It made, that made his career. Coming off of Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. But I think Terminator was the oh, movie that Con- really ignited For his career. For a low-budget film that he doesn't talk in, Conan the Barbarian yeah, was, it was awesome good. film. Oh, it was fun. For what he did, yeah. It, it gave us Red Sonja. Oh, it did. Yes, it did. And she's already passed away. It's amazing that she's not around anymore. But, uh, I mean, there's just some great, great movies. We'll have to show Conan again sometime. It was a classic movie. What a great one. It's a fun one. They tried to remake it with Momoa. He just doesn't have the same charisma. No, it just, no, it was was very much of its time. I mean, mean, it's it's when Schwarzenegger was learning really how to speak English. It's true. Oh, yeah. It's true. (laughs) I loved it. It's it's just one of those movies. It's a guilty pleasure to watch. Cult classic. It really is. Cult it's, classic. It's fun to watch. All right. So, again, let us remind you about Tuesday night. It's a wonderful life. Believe it or not, the 75th anniversary for that motion picture. 75 years. Was not a hit when it first came out. Get those tickets now at Riverdale10.com. If you wait and waddle up to the box office at 6.55 p.m. Tuesday, you might not get in. You might be disappointed. Riverdale10.com, 7 o'clock Tuesday night. It's a Wonderful Life, the original, 1946. Don't miss it. Get your tickets in advance now at the website. Such a dark movie. It really is a dark movie when you think about it. But it ends like it should. Yeah, it does end like it should. And... A great director directed it as well. So That's true. Just keep that in mind. All right. We're almost out of time here. Uh, so the movie to see this week is? I would see Fableman's at Riverdale 10. All right. And if you haven't been out yet, I heard the bells still playing everywhere, as yeah. well as Black Panther 2 and Devotion. If you want something really crazy, you need to go and see Violent Night. 5,000 blankets Monday and Tuesday nights. <laughs> only two nights it plays. David Harbour. From Stranger Things, he's the sheriff. In Stranger Things, he plays Santa Claus, and he does a great job. 
Violent Night. Over the top. <laughs> Die Hard-esque. It's fun. It's just a fun movie. Come Thank see you. us. Riverdale10.com. All right. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Matt, you have a great week, and uh, I'll see you next Friday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.